This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. This is How We See It. I'm Deacon Mike Sweeney, and our guest today, from Hillsboro Hope, Caitlin Hicks, and from Nativity Parish, Deacon Bob Harris. Caitlin, please tell us, what is Hillsboro Hope? So Hope is a community organization, and we're comprised of 25 diverse congregations from across Hillsborough County, different faiths, economic, racial backgrounds, and we unite people to be able to effectively respond to God's call to do justice, as we see in Micah 6.8. Deacon Bob, you have a big project coming up, the Nehemiah Action. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. It's um, This year, it's March 20th. It's at a church in Tampa, and we bring together the members of the different congregations that uh, Caitlin mentioned, and we meet with our elected officials, and we discuss common issues and concerns and come to an understanding of how we're going to move forward with them. Caitlin, how does Hope learn of problems in the communities? And actually, more importantly, how does it address these problems? Yeah, that's a very good question. So all of our work comes from our listening process. So every fall, we have 50 small group conversations that happen in the community, and we people share their concerns, what they're experiencing. So we bring all of those experiences together, and that's how we decide what we're going to work on in the community, whether it's mental health, affordable housing, criminal justice. So then we form committees, and people do research on the local problem. They do research on potential solutions, and that's how we come up with our proposals for the decision makers at the Nehemiah Action. So this is not just a Catholic thing? No. Is it a Christian thing? We actually have, we're an interfaith organization, so we have the Unitarian Universalist Church, we have the Islamic community. The majority are Christian denominations, but all of our faiths call us to do justice. So we unite around that common value of doing justice and loving, loving your neighbor. So it's faith-based, but all faiths. Yes. Deacon Bob, so you have the Nehemiah action. Is that the primary way that hope gets these issues in front of the political leaders and also the civil leaders as well? Well, it's been an ongoing process uh, probably since October where uh, Caitlin and her group of volunteers meet with the elected officials after these House meetings and identified issues. These issues are brought to our elected officials by the HOPE leaders and the volunteers, and the discussion negotiation process begins, and then it culminates with the Nehemiah action. So the local leaders are actually hearing of these issues prior to the Nehemiah. Absolutely, and they're uh, part and parcel uh, with the solution. What kind of responses have you received from some of these concerns that are brought to the officials? So we get both sides of type of responses. Some are very, very enthusiastic. Some are not so enthusiastic, and some are middle of the road. Caitlin, one of the things that I would imagine happens is you might be considered thorns in the sides of some of the elected officials and civil leaders because who likes to be criticized about how they're doing their job? How do you go about addressing issues without becoming thorns in the sides of the political leaders? What we always go back to, and if you ever attend any of our events, are the testimonies, people's real experiences, those personal stories that help people. It really puts a face to the the numbers we see in Hillsborough County, for example, 74,000 low-income families not being able to afford a place to live. 
that's a big number. But when you hear somebody's personal testimony, it really makes that a real problem you can't ignore. So we always go back to people's stories and talk about the importance of the community and decision makers coming together to really tackle these these big problems that we see. Sometimes, especially when you're dealing with a law enforcement type issue, you're sort of walking that tightrope of helping the people with the complaints, but at the same time wanting to stay supportive of local law enforcement. Well, the way I see it, it's a partnership. Trying to find common ground is very important and then build up from that common ground to meet the needs of the people. And that's what makes this process good, but it's also difficult because when you go out and you feed people, the homeless, that's instant, you're taking care of the situation. But in a justice ministry like this, it could have a long period of time before the fruit is, is realized, the, the work of the efforts that everybody's putting into in trying to build that partnership and trying to work towards the common good. What would you say are some of the pressing issues of today? In my mind, num- number one, and this is being addressed already on an ongoing basis, and that is affordable housing for the poor. And I think that's one of the big wins for hope because since 2001, they've been working with our elected officials to help those in need. But if you look at the contribution that our elected officials agreed to give hope, it's $40 million between 2019 and 2022. And they're continuing each year to add $10 million to that pot. I think that's an incredible win and also an incredible need. The other thing that really jumps out to me is the mental health crisis we have. A survey was done of people who are homeless, and 29% of those people self-reported their own issue coming of homelessness coming from mental health issues or from addiction. Caitlin, what are the issues that the average listener may not know that their neighbor is going through? Obviously, paying the rent, paying the mortgage is a huge issue, but what else is happening out there in the community that most people might not even realize is happening? I think in being a part of many of these listening meetings over the fall, every single person, whether it's them personally or a family member or just a loved one, are touched by the mental health issue, like Deacon Bob said. So it's, and it's something that a lot of us don't talk about because there's a lot of stigma around mental health. There's a lot of shame and isolation. So I think mental health is probably something you never know what the person is going through who you sit next to every Sunday or your neighbor. One of the great successes of Hope is tens of millions of dollars to address the housing crisis. What is being done for all of the anxiety issues and the depression issues out there in the community? So our mental health work is focused on two different things right now. One is supportive employment for people with severe mental illness. We've gotten the county and other behavioral health professionals to start a recovery through work clubhouse. So this gives people job training and supportive employment and gets them out into real jobs in the community. So that's actually going to be opening up this summer. So we're very excited about that. That's going to serve possibly 100 people with severe mental illness. Our current focus right now is on permanent supportive housing, which is affordable housing coupled with case management. Somebody checking in on the person. Are they taking their medication? 
Do they have groceries? Do they have transportation to doctor's visits? Are they going to their doctor's visits? There's a huge gap in Hillsborough County of permanent supportive housing for people with severe mental illness. So we're working to get county stakeholders to come together to develop a plan to increase permanent supportive housing for people with severe mental illness. Are there any areas that really hope is struggling right now? Any issues that you just can't seem to get that foot forward yet? I think one of the issues that's been ongoing for a couple years now is our criminal justice work. So we're focusing on reducing adult arrests for minor offenses and specifically for people who are arrested for driving on a suspended license. A lot of times people may not know that their license was suspended. A lot of times it's from a parking ticket that they forgot to pay or couldn't pay. It's clerical issues. So these types of arrests have been called the criminalization of poverty. So what we're working to do with that is to expand our pre-arrest diversion program so that people don't get arrested for this offense, but they get connected with services that gets them the help that they need and helps them get their pay off their tickets or fines or fees and get their license reinstated so that they can get back on the road. So it'll help people avoid those lifelong arrest records. Deacon Bob, tell us, how did you get involved in HOPE? I have to either blame or thank Father John Tapp, who was our pastor at Nativity. Probably about three or four years ago, he started tapping me on the shoulder and said, what what do you think about this? And he was persistent, and I said, well, let me think about it. He kept coming back to me every few months. What do you think about it? And at the same time, the Holy Spirit was working on me, and I'm hearing scriptures like, Matthew 25, 40, whatever you did to the least of my brothers, you did to me. You know, and that's a powerful statement. When I'm helping someone, I'm really helping Jesus. And then, you know, even during Lent, we talk about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Well, those are our three pillars of Lent. Almsgiving, to me, it's helping those in need. And so what that says to me is this work of hope, as well as feeding people and clothing them and all of that, is critical Uh, for what God wants you and I to do. And I love Psalm 15, he who does justice dwells in the presence of the Lord. So I'm combining the scriptural basis for justice, the need to be involved with Father Tap, tapping me on on the shoulder. And that took me to a Nehemiah action, which sealed the deal. We're talking with Caitlin Hicks and Deacon Bob Harris, both representing Hillsborough Hope, our neighbors to the West Pinellas County, they also have their own organization called FAST. Deacon Bob, tell us a little bit about FAST if you can. FAST is an outstanding organization just like HOPE. FAST stands for Faith and Action for Strength Together. Now their Nehemiah Action meeting is Monday, March 27th. The current issues they're working on is affordable housing, criminal justice reform, and water quality and flooding. They, too, have had good success with their county commissioners in obtaining money for affordable housing for for those in need. So FAST is doing a great job. HOPE is doing a great job. So things are good moving forward. Caitlin, tell us, how can people get involved in Hillsborough HOPE? Can they help financially? Yeah, people can invest financially in the organization. So you can go to our website, hillsboroughhope.org and you can see different ways that you can invest in the organization. How about time? Our upcoming event is the Nehemiah Action, like Deacon Bob's talked about, 
And that's a, we're going to be bringing together over 2,000 people. So that's a really great opportunity to see how all of this work comes together. And it's a community event, so anybody's welcome to learn and grow in their faith. So that's at Bible-Based Fellowship Church on March 20th at 7 p.m. That's at 4811 Ehrlich Road in Carrollwood. And then we also invite congregations to join as a member of HOPE. How about if you are a listener and you have an issue that you want HOPE to address with our local leaders? How can they do that? Our members are the ones that conduct and carry out these small group conversations. So if your congregation's not a member of HOPE, you're welcome to connect with one of our member congregations to have your voice heard. Or your, we would love, again, to have congregations join HOPE so that your congregation could be at the table. So Deacon Bob, you've been involved with the Nehemiah Action. What's keeping you motivated? What I found in the Nehemiah Action was just simply amazing. I found a great diversity of people uh, pulling in the same direction for doing justice. I saw the effects of what collective action can do when working with our elected officials. And I was amazed at the eagerness of all the attendees and the different congregations. And I think someone said it to me best. And they said, this must be what heaven looks like because we have so many different people, different congregations doing the work that God calls us to do, the work of justice. Caitlin, how does someone get more information about Hillsboro Hope? So you can visit our website at hillsboroughhope.org. You can see there's different ways to contact us. There's lots of information on the website on how to get involved or learn more. So hillsboroughhope.org. Our guests today have been Caitlin Hicks and Deacon Bob Harris from Hillsboro Hope. And this is How We See It. You're listening to How We See It, a look at issues and ministries that are having an impact in our community and world. If you missed any of today's program, you'll find a copy on Spirit FM's SoundCloud page. There's a link to it at myspiritfm.com. Now, back to our program. I'm John Morris. Today, we're welcoming back an old friend of the radio station. I put old in quotes because we do go back. Wendy Templeton Padilla, formerly, uh, you helped start this radio station of Spirit FM, uh, at least the brand anyway, back in the mid-90s. Yeah. Wow. A long time ago, right? An amazing experience, obviously. And gosh, we had a lot of fun, too. Now, uh, you you were here in the late 90s through, boy, the uh, late 2000, 2008 or somewhere in there. Yeah. And then you, right. you went on to Green Bay, right? And then I went on to Green Bay, Wisconsin, which, you know, never thought we'd be there, but uh, to host a nationally syndicated show there. A short-lived one, just because of the timing of what was going on in the world and all of that. Sure. But, uh, nonetheless, uh, yeah, it was great. It, it was an incredible experience. It's all been. Then we moved to Colorado and I've been doing life coaching and fundraising, all different things like that. Obviously staying very close to my roots, my Catholic broadcasting roots, and uh, just trying to help folks really get a handle on what it means to be closer with Jesus in their daily walk. Right. And that's where Discover Your Soul Purpose really came from. And that's the book. It's called Discover Your Soul Purpose, An Intimate Conversation with God. So, Wendy, why did you write this book? 
It's kind of a long story, but uh, the, the short end is that after the national syndication show shut down and my voice over the airwaves was silenced, I really went into a different place. I really took myself out of the mix and just fully focused on Jesus and contemplation and studying of the scriptures and the lives of the saints and just really had to take it back to the beginning because, you know, obviously that's where the Lord wanted me. I needed to listen and stop talking. And it was the most beneficial time of my life. Yeah, I think our listeners maybe don't understand the, we call it in the industry, the radio bug, where once you get into the industry and you're on the air, it does something to your psyche and your endorphins or whatever go off and, and you get a you get sort of a, a, a natural exhilarating feeling when you can make an impact on someone's life through the airwaves just when they call in. That was silenced, as you said. Was there a time of, um, depression's a hard word, but just, okay, oh, where, am I to, where am I going to go? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it was bad. It was it was kind of like, okay, well, this isn't working anymore. Obviously, God, I keep pushing and pushing and pushing and you keep stopping and stopping and stopping. So so the book came out of that time of really just asking God what was going on, you know, and then it, it just continued as I had these conversations with God and continued to spend more time in adoration and more time contemplating the scriptures. God showed me through his word how he was still there, how he did have a plan, how he did have a purpose. And that purpose really was to just walk in his will in that moment, that time frame, every day. If I would uh, cooperate with his grace in just that moment, I knew I could take the next step, whatever that was. You become a certified life coach. Yes, were you getting any like spiritual direction during this time from maybe a priest, deacon, spiritual director, or were you just sort of out there on your own in your prayer time? Well, I was, you know, I was at daily mass and, and I was, as I said, spending a lot of time reading scripture, reading different works from wonderful priests and obviously even doctors of the church and such. So I really, I didn't have a counselor or a, or a coach or a therapist. The Holy Spirit was my therapist. How was how your husband, how, your husband, Lewis, absorbing all this, taking this all in? Was he just kind of along for the ride or did he help you any? Very patiently, very patiently. And again, you know, this book sat in a drawer for almost 12 years because it was almost, it was a way for me to experience healing, but it became bigger than myself. So every time that I would pick it up and read, there's, by the way, there's 77,000 words of scripture in this book. Wow. So it's very, very heavy in that regard. It's not a beach read, but, you know, with everything in the book, topics are, are things that we can all relate to. And when anybody picks up the book, they're able to see the Holy Spirit and feel the Holy Spirit. It's my hope and my belief that they'll be able to hear the Holy Spirit speak directly to their heart in their circumstance and in their situation. And it's it's backed up by, just like I said, a ton of scripture uh, relevant to the topics, hope, faith, courage, eternal salvation. So it goes on. And then there's a whole ton of storytelling in the book as well. You talk about discovering your soul purpose. Right. 
People spend a lifetime trying to figure out what is my role in this world? What is my role in life? God, what do you want me to do? Is there an end point or is that just come at the end of the life and you look back and say, okay, well, job well done or man, I wish I could have done this again. Right. Well, and isn't it true? Like we seek that every day, Lord, what do you want me to do? What is the sole purpose here? What am I here for? And what I like to say is that, uh, and how I try to help my clients as well is to just surrender and bond to Jesus in absolutely everything, living intentionally for him first, others second, and ourselves third. So as we meditate on his word daily, as we check and recheck throughout the day, our motivations in all of our decisions, when we invite him into every moment, when we understand that he's the author of our purpose, and unless he is, it's not going to work. If we allow him to lead us, if we learn to wait on him and we commit ourselves to this intentional discipleship, if we do that, as we continue to be salt and light to the world, we will then enter into discovering his sole purpose in us, right? Uh, and there's a whole bunch in there that stops us from doing that. Like when we believe uh, to choose what we believe over, over what he's telling us, right? When we replay false narratives and false stories that we have ingrained in our mind, we'll find it much harder to follow his lead and yeah. to walk in his will. You had said something at the very outset of the statement that you have to surrender. Yes. And, and that takes a great deal of courage to do that because many of us, well, we think we're surrendering, but it's still really our ego that's getting in the way. Right. And that's why you have to recheck those motivations throughout the day in every step. So discovering your sole purpose is intentionally cooperating with his grace on a moment by moment basis. Right. It goes back to love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind and your strength, and then to love others as he loves us. So if that's the focus and you get all those other internal conversations out of the way, you're going to find it's easier to tune in to hear his voice more clearly in your life and then get yourself out of the way and then follow what he's asking you to do in that moment. I think we think that we have to figure it all out. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to be an architect? Am I supposed to go over here? Am I supposed to live there? If we could just take it back and live in the present moment so we hear his voice, if we have that relationship so solid with him and we tune in so carefully, we'll know the next step to take. If we believe that God is God, that he is truth, then he can be trusted to speak and he'll speak to us in that silence, right? That's the most important thing is when we spend that silence with him and time and contemplation, we can be assured we'll hear his voice. And even John, if we think, you know, we're not hearing right, or we make a mistake, or we don't hold our tongue, or we don't, you know, maybe we turn to the left when we should have turned to the right. God will still speak to us in those moments. And that's, that's the cool thing. I think that's the reassuring thing that that you said there. Uh, Talking with Wendy Templeton Padilla, the author of Discover Your Soul Purpose, An Intimate Conversation with God. Wendy, I think you hit the nail on the head right there with that last statement that we have to discern, and in order to hear God's voice clearly, we have to be quiet ourselves. And that takes time, probably, as you said earlier, 
sitting with the Lord in chapel, meditating, praying, just sitting quiet. Before we make a life-changing decision, a big move, do I do this or do I do that? Each decision that we make probably has to be prayed on at some level, maybe some deeper than others. Oh, absolutely. I think the most important thing that you and I can do, though, is to be in that mindset 24-7. So I don't want to go outside of the Lord's will. None of us do, right? We, we want to, we love him. We want to stay with him. We want, we know he's invited us to cooperate with him on a daily basis. And we want to make sure that we're doing that. So there's going to be big decisions in life. Oh, well, do I have to take this job? Should I move over there? You know, there's, there are obviously big decisions, but when we take time every day, And we make little changes in our lives to grow in holiness and to grow in virtue and to live intentionally for him, to check our motivations. Then again, you'll be able to hear his voice with more clarity. And that gets back to, that's my sole purpose. I just want to walk in your will, Lord, and I want you to lead me and you will as, you know, you're asking me to be obedient, and sure. that's what I have to do. So as a, as a life coach, a spiritual coach, how do you counsel people as far as what the individual's hearing? Are they hearing God's voice, or is it just my ego that's telling me this? Right. How, how do you discern that? Well, I think that, you know, and it's not counseling, right? It's It's coaching. So basically, I can take people from where they are today and move them forward and to help them achieve their goals and to have, if they're discerning, whatever it is that they're discerning in their lives, you know, we can walk through that. And that's what we talk about when we grow in holiness and virtue, right? We go through different steps. There's a whole bunch of different tools that we can use. A lot of writing exercises. I do just a lot of talking, but really helping the person know where are they now and where do they want to go? How can I help you shut off those internal conversations, right? Those false narratives that we walk around believe nobody likes me. Nobody cares what I think. Oh, I'm, I'm not the smartest. And, and so when you have those limiting beliefs, you kind of get stuck and you're not able to move where God needs you to be. So we, we work on things like that. In pre-COVID days, uh, you would go visit a counselor. You would go visit a life coach in person. Right. Today, with even in this interview, we're doing it via Zoom. Um, So do you do any of your coaching online? I do a ton of, yeah, most all of it is online. All right. Yeah. So so if someone is looking for the next step in discernment, we have about a minute or so left. How do they get a hold of you? Uh, Well, you can reach out to me um, through my website, wendytempleton.com. You can also, I'm with a great group of folks called Stand Tall Today, That's standtalltoday.com, and you can book me through that life coaching service as well. Wonderful, wonderful folks are there. And basically, it's kind of easy. You just start, and it does take a lot of courage to start. Um, And I, I make sure that my clients know how proud I am for doing that because they do really see the change when they make the commitment to move forward. You know, what is God calling you to do? right now in this moment, and then following up, are you listening to him? And then are you obedient to whatever he's asking you to do? That is how you discover your soul purpose in him in a moment by moment basis, really just cooperating through with his grace, 
throughout every moment of the day. The book is called Discover Your Soul Purpose, An Intimate Conversation with God. Author Wendy Templeton Padilla, you can find that on Amazon, Apple Books, Kindle, and everywhere books are sold. Wendy, have you thought about doing a podcast or doing this as a as an audiobook? You know, um, I have, but again, it goes back to what I'm supposed to do, and I really listen to the Lord. I I do have a companion journal coming out for this book. It okay. is a simple companion journal, which there's a lot of writing exercises for folks so that they can use the book. They can have their, their scriptures, number one, right? Bible, number one. And the simple companion journal will help them with that surrender process, that intentional discipleship and, you know, living prayerfully, eternally focused and, and being mindful of the present moment. Well, yeah, well, so well that's coming out. Good, good. Well, uh, you can, again, find out more by visiting her at wendytempleton.com. Wendy, always a pleasure to talk with you, and I hope we get to talk again real soon. Thanks, John. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash howwesee it.com.